God's blessings to you today. This is uh, Pastor Jug. Thank you for joining me here uh, together as we continue to journey through uh, the book of Genesis and uh, the story of Noah and all that, all that he had done in this life of faith in the midst of the faithfulness of God. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, as we study your word, enrich, enlighten, and Lord, direct and guide us by your, by your life, uh, by, by your life-giving word. Bless us this day, Lord, grant us your peace, and through all things, through your faithfulness, O Lord, by your spirit, uh, grant us faith to rest in your promises. We, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so here, uh, Genesis 7, if you could turn that to your Bible here, Genesis 7, verses 1 to 12, and we'll see how we go here. I got my paper towel in hand uh, to wipe the board, and we're going to go trying to have this here for you. Okay, verse 1, why don't we kick in? Why don't we read that uh, together? Sorry about that. I just, I thought I had my. Very good. Let us read. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. So Genesis 7, 1 to 12, verse 1, we see right here that God says, go into the ark. And he speaks of righteous. You know, last week we spoke about, in, in Hebrews 11, about uh, the, reverent, uh, the reverent fear that Noah had as he followed God's word. Now, again, righteousness in the midst of what? In the midst of wickedness, we clearly see uh, that they in righteous shall live by what? By faith. They were declared righteous um, through um, God and his word and their faith. And there he directs them to go into the ark. Now, again, uh, remember what this is, what, what you know, they, they know what is to happen. But the gravity of the situation is far greater than they could imagine. Just imagine that. The whole world going up into water. Seeing people being flooded, cities. You know, if you've ever watched those, you know, natural disaster movies, you know, uh, I don't know, um, there's so many of them, right? Uh, where, like, let's say it's about asteroids or, or, or a tidal wave, or even in real life, you know, we'll talk about... Uh, uh, most recently, probably, uh, when we talk about tsunamis in Japan or hurricanes in, uh, in southeast North America, um, Louisiana area, you know, uh, Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Ida, all these things. We, we know the, 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 the great gravity of those natural disasters. But when we think of the flood, this is the whole world being put underwater, right? And, and here we see the remnant, the righteous, in faith as they were directed by God to go into the ark. Um, and they did. See, that's the thing. Uh, they did. You know, Luther writes, 
um, on uh, pertaining to uh, our latter verses, but I think it's very helpful here. He says, It is useful, however, for us to pause in our thought as though we were face to face with the event. In what frame of mind do you suppose we would have been in if we had been brought into the ark and had seen the waters rushing in from all sides with such force and the wretched mortals swimming in the water and wretchedly perishing without any help? And, and, and this is the picture. Right, surrounding Abraham and his family was the wickedness of the world. For 120 years, this was going on, building the ark, and there, uh, finally, uh, the Lord would bring the deluge, and there the wickedness would be wiped clean. Now, again, what about the last day, friends? You know, how's that going to look? You know, uh, the Lord will uh, return like a twinkle of an eye, the Bible says. Uh, that we don't know the time or place uh, or the time uh, for the, the Lord will return like a thief in the night, right? We know the parable of the ten virgins, the story uh, uh, not, you know, uh, coming too late to the, uh, the party, the wedding feast, and there the bridegroom says simply, I don't know you, right? This is how the last day is going to be as well. The righteous, yes. Those in faith, those uh, uh, again, uh, when we talk about faith in who? The object, and that is Christ. There, uh, they will be uh, saved and rescued, right? On that last day, many also will be judged eternally to uh, eternal condemnation and death, right? So when we talk about the flood and we talk about the last day, very, um, very similar in a sense where uh, there will be a... a, a, a a destruction of the heavens and the earth, and the new restoration will happen. But in that, in so doing, uh, clearly we see uh, that on that last day, uh, those that reject the Lord and His Word and Christ Jesus, uh, there they will uh, be uh, sent to eternal darkness in hell. So this is uh, uh, the kind of the parallel where we talk about all their life as they built this boat. Time and time again, their faith as a world was ridiculing them for the world thought what? This was the object of ridicule, right? From the world's point of view. Now, from the faithful point of view, it's what? This is the object that God commanded them, right? And there we see the tension, right? The world says ridicule by God's word. This is his command. And whatever God says, the righteous shall live by faith in his very word, and there they proceeded to build this ark in so many years. And, and talk about perseverance of faith, right? They didn't, they didn't take a break. They didn't uh, take a vacation and say, well, I'll just do this in 50 years. No, they, they kept on nailing away, making this 450-foot ark uh, as they lived by the faithful command that God had given to them, right? And now was the time for that, for that flood to occur. And they were ready. They were righteous as God declared them. All right. Verse 2 and 3, uh, if we could read that together. Verse 2 and 3. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and even seven pairs of the birds of the heavens, and also male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of all the earth. So, <clears throat> interesting. We see right here... Uh, about clean and unclean, uh, we know that 
when we talk about the altar that Noah's built after the uh, flood subsides, uh, there uh, we see the need for animals there. But also when we talk about uh, what is it uh, about the future about the dietary food laws. Uh, we very well know there is a classification of what is clean and unclean. And, and here we see kind of that appearance of what is clean and unclean. And, and, you know, you could read Leviticus 11 if you want to talk, if you want to see about uh, what is clean and unclean and what is defiled and undefiled. And, and um, again, at the end of the day, uh, what is it? Jesus is the fulfiller of all things. You know, in the book of Acts, if you read there, uh, you very well know what? That they were still dealing with the food laws, the dietary laws, and, and even the apostles were kind of wrestling with that. Um, but then again, um, there we are reminded how Jesus has fulfilled all things. But again, in this time and place, uh, the Lord says, keep uh, the two or th- uh, keep the animals clean and unclean um, and there uh, by, his, uh, by his gracious hand. Uh, they, there they were salvaged in the midst of an evil and sinful world, right? Okay, uh, continuing on here, uh, verse 4. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made uh, I will blot out from the face of the ground. I will. Now, he says this earlier, Right? And here in verse 4, uh, clearly we see God's command. What he will say he will do, right? And, and here we see also his, his faithfulness, right? That due to the fall, due to their wickedness, due to their complete rejection of God, this flood was going to happen. And there what God said he would do. The command is real. Uh, from the ark... This is the command that he has given Noah, but also to the world, I will bring this flood. This is their consequence of that persistence, that rejection from God. Um, So we see right here, after waiting 120 years, the earth, seven days now, the ticker was on. In seven days, I will send rain on this earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And 40, if you know uh, biblical numerals, uh, symbols is a picture of trial, uh, testing, and also preparation. Right. So when we talk about when we talk about uh, what are some examples of forty in the Bible, friends? Uh, we see forty what forty years in the wilderness. That was a trial for the Israelites. Forty days. In the land of milk and honey, as the spies were surveying in the book of Numbers, right? They come back um, in that testing time with great disbelief. We're going to be smashed like, uh, by grasshoppers. We see 40 years in the wilderness. Again, a time of trial and testing, right? As they too uh, would, what? As they too would falter so many different times, disbelieving in God and his command and his promise of the holy land of the land of Canaan. Uh, what else do we see? Um, and ultimately... 40 days in the desert, but before that, 40 days Mount Sinai, Moses receiving, uh, receiving the word of God, time of preparation, time of trial. What happens after 40 days? He goes down and sees what? He sees a golden calf in Exodus 32, right? 40 days in the desert. What do we know about this? Jesus, the great test, and there he proves victor 
for ultimately all the world over sin, death, and the power, and the devil, right? And how does he do this in the time of testing? He uses the word of God to combat the devil. And there he shows us the sneak preview of what is to come on his crucifixion, crushing the head of Satan, overcoming um, the world, and forgiving us of all of our sin. So 40 is a very big picture. So on this 40 days in Noah's time, this was a time uh, of, of testing. It was a harrowing time. It was a, a troubling time, a, a preparatory time for what is to come in the restoration that is the new beginning um, as the waters would subside one year and change later. Right? So again, 40, a big picture. I know there's a lot of, oh, 40 days in Nineveh, right? The book of Jonah. Right? You know that story? <clears throat> in 40 days, uh, the Lord will destroy Nineveh. And that is the call of, of Jonah to preach repentance. And what happens? They cover themselves in sackcloth and ashes. And, and there they see and show uh, that this was a time of testing, a time of repentance, a time of preparation. As the Lord called, you know, you know Jonah. He, he was running away all the time. And even at the end of the day, he was upset, right? <laughs> but the Lord's command... He preached it, he brought the law, they repented, and, and here we see the good, the, good, uh, the good and gracious will of God uh, as they in Nineveh uh, would, would be broken but yet exalted, humbled and exalted, right? So 40 is a very big picture here, example. And here in Noah, this is definitely a time of testing, a time of preparation of what is to come after the flood and what this flood, the, the impact of this flood, right? All right, so continuing on here. If you could turn to 2 Peter... Second Peter in your Bible. <clears throat> Second Peter, keep your finger on Genesis 7. And hopefully this style is working. I kind of like the other style where I have it all pre, like the, the, the themes pre-made in each verse. It kind of gives me the flow. But uh, today I just tried this. I know it's been a while since I've tried it this way. But um, yeah, I always want to switch it up, you know. Always trying to hone in how I teach. It's always like a never-ending What's it called? A technique. You're, you're always trying to um, improve how you, your teaching style. You know, never good enough. You're always trying to improve in life. But Second Peter, we see right here, chapter five, or chapter two, verse five. It says uh, nine and ten. Namely, it says. In regards to Noah, in chapter in verse 5, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, verse 9 and 10, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of a defiling passion and despise authority. So when we talk about uh, the rescue, this trial, right? The Lord knows how to do what in verse 9? The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. This is, this is that moment of rescue in the midst of all that they faced all their life building this ark, in the midst of those who were uh, defiled and uh, who were uh, filled in their passions, despising authority, living for themselves. There Noah was in this 40 days and 40 nights, him and his family and all the animals. There they were being prepared for what is to come uh, in this time where the world would be lost and the world would be restored, right? So it's a definitely a time of preparation. Um, yeah, we have our 40 years as well, right? And that is our pilgrimage of faith, right? all of us. There is testing, there is trial, but there is also the Lord who rescues us by his grace. 
And, and that is a picture of righteousness. That is a picture of faithfulness. That I know my voice is going. Um, I'm not sick or anything. I just I teach and, and um, <laughs> speak so much that I lose my voice. You know, surprising. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm losing my voice. I don't know why. Anyways, so it's, maybe it's because I yell all the time when I teach. But who knows? Verse 4. Okay, so that's it for verse 4. As we continue here, uh, why don't we uh, turn uh, to verse 5 and following uh, quickly, if you see that. Uh, verse 5 and following. Let's turn back to uh, Genesis here. Um, verse 5. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Yeah, I, I love this verse, right? Very short, and you might, you know, just peruse over it as, as if it's no big deal. But what is the big deal about such a terse and brief description Noah did? As the Lord commanded him. Why, why is this so important? You know, why, is, why does the writer Moses uh, continue to do what? He continues to uh, repeat a lot of things. Now, what, when we talk about repetition, Noah did. We, we looked in, in chapter 6. Why don't you turn back a page here. And there in chapter 6, verse 22, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. There was nothing more, there was nothing less, but literally, Noah simply did the Lord's command by his word. That's the life of faith. Nothing more, nothing less, not added to, not taken away, but he followed the command of of the Lord, as we talked about last week, because he is, the Lord is the giver of all things. And there, Noah's righteousness, his righteousness that shall live by faith, right, is in the one who is the giver, the one who gave him that command. And simply put, Noah did it, right? Repeating from, six, from chapter 6 as well, Noah did it, right? Uh, and, and clearly we see, uh, clearly we see uh, Noah's faith shining here as he trusted in the object of, of the faith, and that is the Lord. Luther says, Noah's faith is given... Uh, the praise he deserves for obeying the command of the Lord and entering the ark with unwavering faith, together with his sons and wives. God could indeed have preserved him by countless other methods, but in this way the faith and obedience of Noah are praised for the manner of preservation which had been divinely revealed to them. Right? So again, Noah did all that the Lord commanded because this is the Lord that promised that they would be preserved, that they would have life under his care, and this was their unwavering faith. The repetition points to, 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 to Noah's continued steadfast faith. Pen's going. Pen's going. There we go. To the last day. Right? Steadfast. We continue to live our life in faith in the Word of God. Steadfast, unwavered in this faith till the end. Is there a lot of noise in life? Distractions? Temptations from the devil? Are there a lot of uh, 
attractions and and allurements of this world, uh, the lust of the flesh, uh, the carnal covetousness, the pleasures of uh, of this world. I mean, we see all the different temptations. Noah faced it too, right? Noah faced it too. He's a human being as well. He's a sinner just like us. But by faith, there he trusted by the Spirit in the Word of God as he continued to walk this pilgrimage, right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The attack is real, but by the will and word of God, by the gift of Christ, by the, by the leading of the Spirit, there we pray that God would keep us firm till the end, that we are steadfast in this faith. You know, Noah didn't want to bring any attention to himself. He just, he just did it. He just followed the God's command. It's pretty simple. But when sin comes into play, it's not so simple, is it? We as sinners, we see all these distractions. And that steadfastness quickly wanes when circumstances go awry or when we don't, uh, when we don't have our plans that we desire come into place, uh, where we are faced with so many temptations and so many idols in our life that our steadfastness becomes very wavering as we are, are like that uh, that dandelion in the wind being pushed to and fro by this ferocious wind, right? And this is, this is the reality of our lives. And it's a reminder of what this faith life is all about, right? It's not about Noah, but it's about faith in the one who gave him the command. That's where our faith trusts, outside of ourselves. I know I repeat myself a lot, but when we talk about steadfastness, that's what it is. It's outside, it's trusting in Jesus and who he is as we await what is to come on the last day, right? We're in that great anticipation. Anticipation doesn't wonder if it will happen. Anticipation knows for certain boldness and confidence that it shall happen and the Lord shall return, right? All of it. I mean, you, you look at the whole salvation story from Genesis 3.15 all the way to the last day, and you know this is all about anticipation. This is all about hope for what is to come, not what maybe if all things go well will come. No, what? What will shall surely come. Just as the Lord said to Noah, I will bring the flood. You will go on this ark. I will return on the last day, and you will be those Joyous by, oh, the sirens are coming. Joyous by the promise of, of what I've given to you. And, and this is the picture of steadfastness, right? And that's a big theme here, I think, with Noah. You know, it's continuing to be steadfast in the faith in God's word. And there he simply followed in faith. All right, right continuing on here, uh, verses six to nine. Uh, why don't we read that together? Noah was 600 years old when the flood of the waters came upon the earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood, of clean animals and of animals that are not clean, and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground. Two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah, as God had commanded Noah. Very similar to verse 5 there. And after seven days, the water of the flood came upon the earth. Again, repetition. What does that mean? What is all this repetition about? I mean, we just talked about this earlier. I know I repeat myself literally, but the the scripture does too. It's a reminder that what God said and what God commanded, uh, they did, and, well, he brought the flood. Right? We see it right there. 
um, again, uh, clearly, that in that re- rehashing of what he commanded, Moses brings up the, the very similar follow-through, showing that what God says here in verses 6 to 9, or, you know, yeah, in verse 6 to 9, there uh, we very well know that... Um, uh, there we know that uh, they simply, in faith, did what the Lord had said. And the Lord fulfilled what he promised. And after seven days, the water of the flood came upon the earth. Right? And this is what happened. Um... Faithfulness of God. So, our next theme here is faithfulness. Now, when I say God is faithful, or let's say Jesus is faithful, or Let's say you listening to this right now. I am faithful. What is what is the difference? Is there a difference? Um, the faithfulness. Like, what is faithfulness itself? When we say God is faithful, simply what we're saying is what He says. God says. God does. He sends his son Jesus. What does Jesus do? Jesus says, I will overcome the world. And that's what he does. He fulfills his promises. There is no lip service. What he says, he will do. The Lord is faithful and just. And will do what? Will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God is faithful by his word, and we see it through his very command of Noah, but also ultimately in the faithfulness of Christ, as all his life he lived perfectly sinless, right? Faithful to the will of God. As he would be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? God is faithful. We talk about the faithfulness of God. Where does I am faithful? Where does that reside in? In terms of Noah, what is his faith? Is it what he says will get done? No, his faith is in the faithfulness of God. His faith is in what God says God does, and that's where his faith clings. Noah is simply, when we talk about righteousness, when we talk about faith, is mere recipient. <coughs> He's a recipient of, of God's word. And there in God's word, there he he has received this very faith, the faithfulness of God, which commanded him to build this ark, which said that this this rain will come. Sorry, I'm coughing. But uh, this is where his faith is. So we're talking about faithfulness. Very important here, as we see the deluge come about, is simply that that, um, there by the faithfulness of God, Noah had sure boldness and confidence knowing that 
by his faithfulness, that's where his object of faith resides. Your faith as a Christian is in Christ. Your faith is in what he has done for you. And there, as we journey through that steadfastness of faith, what happens? We continue in the midst of all the tentatio, the spiritual attacks, the temptations, the sufferings, the burdens, the worries, the anxieties, all this. Where do we cling? What do we trust? Only in what is ironclad, permanent, tried and true, concrete, uh, unwavering, and that is our Lord and his word ultimately in Jesus and his work for us. You are faithful to his promise found in your baptism. Remember, through the Noah's, corresponding to Noah's flood, 1 Peter 3.21, their baptism saves you. It's by that very word of God where your faith is in your baptism, where you trust that you are robed with the righteousness of Christ. And that is your steadfastness of faith. Don't you see, Noah continued on this life, even in the object of all ridicule, as people were probably scoffing at him in this dark world, but yet his faith was always in what is eternal, what is true, and that is only God and his word. Right? He's a mere recipient of this. So simply, uh, when, we, when we talk about uh, this picture of faith, of the faithfulness of God, talk about that. How merciful is his faith? How gracious Right? I mean, when we look at our own sin, right, honestly, talk about that. We fall short and we know what we deserve. We know what fairness is in terms of God. That the fairness, if it's all about God being fair, uh, uh, we should all be what? Eternally condemned. Right? But by His merciful hand, by His faithfulness, by His very word, He promises us the first gospel, this very gospel that forgives us of all of our sins. And this is where our faith is. This is why we are righteous, by the righteousness of Christ and by His word, which actually is faithful as He was obedient in His whole life, obedient unto His death, becoming sin for us, taking upon our sin and, and, and crushing the devil's head, shedding His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. This is our faith in the midst of all the noise in the midst of all of our sin, all the temptations and sufferings as we continue to walk in this life of faith, our faith is in the word of God. And that's where we continue in this life of repentance and forgiveness. All right. I find that um, my studies are a little longer than usual um, because I don't have my chart out. That's one thing about it. Anyways, why don't we continue here? And we have one more verse for you. Uh, Two more verses. Sorry. Um, in the 600th year, verse 11, of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventh day of the month, on the day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were, were opened, and rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. So, God is faithful, and, and, and here we see the picture of what? Here's another one of my Picassos coming up, so be be on the lookout for one of my Picassos here, or my Van Goghs, or my, um, what's another one? George Seurat. Um, who else? Um, I did pageant of the arts when I was little. <laughs> At McGaugh Elementary School there in Seal Beach, California, we were part of the pageant of the arts. And um, Bruegel was another one. Um, Dolly, right? That's another one. Anyways, but the point is, uh, here we see the ark. Jackson Pollock, right? All right, sorry. 
get off topic here. Horrible picture of what it's drawn. It totally needs to be longer. But the point is, is that <laughs> when we look at this upside down, I don't even know what that is. But when we look at this arc, what, 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 how, is the, how is it described? Let's get the matic here. The rains were coming down, of course. But also from the deep, what's happening? The, this, this overflowing from the ground up, we see on both sides. Remember Genesis 1, 6 and 7, how he separated the skies and, and the water below. This is what's happening. It's this dual deluge as everything around this cosmos is being flooded. And there Noah and his people ate and all, and all the animals two by two. Uh-oh, here's my animal. Um, we very well know we're on this ark. And they were being saved that day, right? This is no pitter-patter. This is 40 days and 40 nights of torrential downpour and of things bursting, right? Just like, uh, think about like an overflowing uh, boiling water in a pot, right? That's how this bursting is coming, right? And we see this great deluge. But I want to end today with this quote from Luther. Thus, our life is miraculously protected and preserved every single moment through the word. Our life is protected every single moment, every single moment. Not just when we find it convenient or when we realize it. No, every single moment is preserved. Sorry, I'm going scatterbrained here. Um, Through, dia, the logos. The word, right? Our life is preserved every single moment through the word. Through is the object of our faith, right? Through the word. This is where our faith resides. Our life is being preserved. Now, look at the story of Noah. 120 years, all that time, he was building and building and building. And through that very word that God commanded him. Noah didn't figure this out himself. Noah didn't know the dimensions. Noah didn't know that there had to be three levels in the ark. Noah didn't know about the pitch and the roof and all these things. No, God commanded him. Noah didn't even know these rains would come only when the Lord would give him his word. Our life is preserved through the word, right? Your life, your life of faith is of the word. If you're not hearing the word, if you're not reading the word, right? And and you're living this life in our flesh, in the ways of man, as if this is what it is. Trust me, um, we know that there is no life there, right? But through the word, as we receive that very word Noah did, there our life is being preserved every single moment. Our life, right? Our life. You know, so many times we equate life with material things, with pride, with what else? I don't know, with all these other different things. But our true life, our zoe, our life with Christ, this is through the word. Noah's place on the ark was always attributed and credited to the word of God. And for us too, our life is preserved through the word. And that is ultimately the word of Christ and what he has done. And this is what faithfulness is all about. It is through the word. That is why we do what we do, constantly teaching and preaching as you read and study, as you hear sermons, as you attend church, all these things, because you know that through the word, there the Holy Spirit 
calls you and gathers you, enlightens you and sanctifies you and keeps you in the true faith because this word is your life. And that word is Christ who is your life, who died and rose for you, who sheds his blood for the forgiveness of your sins, who gives you the sacraments and who promises you that by his very word, you have crossed over from death to life. This is the picture of Noah and what is to come. The promised seed from this, uh, from this remnant will be, of course, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Faithfulness. At the end of the day, faithfulness is rooted in who? God and what he has done to us or what he has uh, commanded to us by his word. All right. Too long, too long. We'll stop there. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. Bless us, O Lord, in your uh, your word. Grant us uh, faith as we uh, live steadfastly through your word. Bless us and keep us, O Lord, through all things. Grant us your wisdom and strength as we live each day in our lives through the word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, have a good day. Thank you for joining me. Let me know, was this a good way to do it? Or did you like the other way where we would have it all kind of outlined for you? I know this one's more scatterbrained, but hopefully this was helpful to you. I'll go back to the old way. I think it was better. But anyways, hopefully this was good. And hopefully you got something out of it. And remember, faithfulness, God, his word, promise, gospel, steadfast, return till the end. We await, anticipate as we go forward, day at a time, knowing God's will is done. All right, friends, have a wonderful day. Love you all. Praying for all. Join us this Sunday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, for, thank you, Matt, for joining me. Hopefully this word went well with you as well. All right, until next time, have a wonderful day. Love you all. Hail Hoot. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.